छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Hello, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. This is Jennifer Lovely and my co-host, Rias Hall, and our guest, <laughs> Jillian Venters. Hi, everybody. Um, we are back on our every two week schedule. Yay! And I'm only a little horse. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I'm the only one here with, who's not having breathing problems right now. Yeah, the air quality uh, is really awful. And uh, well, this is a gothic film thing, so the heathen <laughs> bosoms are appropriate. Yes, and, and I've got the consumption. You've got the consumption. <laughs> So, um, we do have a theme for this week, and it has been so long in the planning. <laughs> uh, we've been talking about doing hor- um, gothic horror for quite a while, kind of focusing on... I like focusing on the classic, but there have been some really good uh, recent gothic horrors. I have a list. We have we have many lists. We all so have much lists. lists. We have made lists. <laughs> um, uh, but what has everybody seen lately? Um... What was the, what I was just, the movie you showed us last? That was Dave Made a Maze. That was Dave Made a Maze, which we all want to talk about because, oh my God, we amazing. all loved it. It's so good. It's it is so, so charming. It is. And it really, I really like that it's they were able to make a movie that is memorable and scary that didn't really have real gore in it. Uh, everything's made out of cardboard. Watch Watch the trailer. There is a scene with a decapitation where right before the decapitation happens, it shows a woman looking really shocked and the ribbon with the little... Yeah, with the, the little eyelet yeah, loops. loops. And then all of a sudden her head falls off and streamers fly everywhere. That movie did great things with Silly String. <laughs> it did amazing and, fantastic things with Silly String. And it's, and it's funny, but there's also some stuff in it that is just genuinely creepy and wrong. Yeah. And I absolutely loved it. I am so sorry that I didn't see it in time to put it on my best of the year list. Yeah. There's, I have two movies that we just saw that, that would have pushed onto, um, my my top of the year and uh one was uh dave made a maze and the other one well we'll save that for just a minute because i want to finish talking about uh dave made a maze okay um there's a dave made a maze is wonderful because it's got a bunch of really fantastic character actors mm-hmm. in it um is it is it dave urbaniak james urbaniak, J- urbaniak. james urbaniak, urbaniak is in it as a really annoying character. Oh my god, you still... And I loved him. Here, here's a spoiler. You're going to hope he dies, and yet he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> All it of us that... wanted him to die. Oh, yes. And uh, uh, Kirsten Vangenis, uh from Criminal Minds, who I'm a big fan of. Um, oh, she's terrifying in that movie. She's she's so gleeful. I know, she's and so happy so... <laughs> that, it, that it's a little bit creepy. <laughs> and, and she does it very well. And yes. the other thing is, is like in Final Girls... Where Betty Davis' eyes has been have been has been absolutely ruined for you. <laughs> Give me five. High five. Yeah. High five. High five. 
You will yeah, find that you'll to be on high for anyone after this. It'll be like... so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and there was some genuine pathos to it. It wasn't just it was... a wacky horror comedy. There were there scenes where you're like, oh, that really sucked. Yeah, or and... that's yes. really resonant. Yeah. And, and what I really like about it, and there's a bunch of movies that I like that deal with both not being... Um, a very very young adult or being an old age I, I love movies where you're kind of in the middle where you're in either your early 30s mm-hmm. or um and a couple of my favorites that kind of take that tack are um marty um with um ernest board and I. oh yeah yeah and that's a really nice movie i think he got an oscar nomination for that he may have won i don't yeah. remember but yeah and um and also um, the original Rocky, which I think has gotten um, kind of run over by its sequels. Yeah. Mm. But it is very much a movie about a guy who's past where he should have been successful. And and there's, mm-hmm. a, and there's a lot to be said when you're past the very, very beginning, when you're like mid-level of like a career or adulthood where where you can't claim where you can't claim that you're a kid anymore and not know how to do things like you feel like you should know more or be on further on whatever right like um all about eve is my favorite go-to for a movie about an older about what it is like to grow old Mm -hmm. yes and yeah i love movies with mature characters yeah and also just movies where it shows that struggle of how do you deal with the emotions where you re- where you possibly realize the thing you've wanted to do all your life, you are no longer going to be labeled as, you know, the young breakout star, yeah. the young genius. You're never, yeah. you know, it's not going to be that because you've aged out of that classification. Yeah. And there's always that part of it doesn't matter how successful yeah. you may go on to be in what you choose to do. You don't have that ego boost of yeah. yeah there's not a lot of Lin-Manuel Miranda's in the world oh. able to be geniuses before they're 30 and you want to punch them yeah and hug them at the same time Such... I have a complicated relationship with that man <laughs> <laughs> um the second movie that would have uh, also made my top 10 was last night we went to see The Shape of Water that would have been my number one that that wow. really it would have been my number one. I loved it. It would have been. In I my don't top think it would have been my number one, but it would have certainly been up there because it, oh my god, it's so beautiful. That it is beautiful, but it, it what cracked me up it is the most Guillermo est movie. Well, I felt like it looks like a French film. It does, but it no, it's really, kind of really, like really a, does. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, directed by Jeunet. It looks yes. like it Amelie, looks like Amelie, mm-hmm. which. Is great because that is a good-looking film. Yes. Yeah. But it fee- it doesn't feel as much like a French film. Mm-hmm. It feels like a Guillermo del Toro film. Yeah. There's a it's a little bit more in the face. And also, all the scenes in the lab and the actors that he hired look like visually. If I saw a still from it with just the actors hanging out, I would think it was probably a Coen Brothers film. You're not wrong. Huh? Okay. Yeah. No, I can completely yeah. get that. It's got a lot of interesting head shapes, which is something Everybody, that the Coen brothers do so well. They really do. And I need to... The th- you know, it was funny because I'm from Minnesota, and mm, I just sounded Minnesotan. You did. Oh. You did. It was adorable. <laughs> it sneaks out. Usually I have to have a drink or two in me. Um, <laughs> it's okay. You're a loopy from lack of oxygen. That's... Yes. <laughs> uh, and um, 
and they're from like St. Louis Park, which is right off of Uptown, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter because nobody else here is from Minnesota. Uh, and when I lived there, like as soon as something new came out by the Coen Brothers, you rushed right out and saw it, mm-hmm. and somehow. I think I think they came out with some stuff that just didn't click with me, it didn't and work so for you. so I stopped seeking them out. Right. Um, so I need yeah. to. I think I need to go back and uh, and catch up on my Coen Brothers. Yeah, I have not. I haven't seen all their films. Um, yeah. I there's a few that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou is always going to be one of my favorite films. Actually, the one that just came out about about old Hollywood. Um, oh, that was so fun! Is fantastic. I still haven't seen it. It has it's the best wonderful. dance number in it. Yes. Oh, and what I <laughs> what I really loved is from um, the Shape of Water was the moments where it all of a sudden uh, reminded me a lot of um, Pennies from Heaven. Hmm. Um, uh, with the big Busby Berkeley dance numbers. Right. That right. one. That one. Yeah. That one moment. That one moment where there's a weird imaginative imaginary dance number yeah. and you're like oh Doug Jones I love you I know still it's in my dreams of, of, of getting to hug getting Doug within Jones. his arms reach because then I will just yeah, magically like within 15 feet you're gonna get a hug <laughs> I think the reason it would be it would actually have been my number one film for 2017 if we'd seen it by then is because it just a I love Guillermo del Toro's visual design sense yes. I love everything he does aesthetically and it's such a wonderful magical realism fairy tale and yes. that it that is, is just it is my absolutely that always gets so me I look always so speaking of things that we need which shape of water absolutely gave i made some poor choices um, I ran across oh. the original or the first Hunger Games on oh. on television, and yeah. I caught I caught like yeah. the last three quarters of it, and then watched through the entire rest of the series. Um, when we feel as close to having our own Hunger Games mm. as as yeah, we do this might right not now, be a good cultural moment to be was, watching the Hunger Games. <laughs> it was really hard. I and, have kind of noped out of a lot of dystopian fiction right now. I don't blame I, you. I can't even I rewatch. Dy- Mad yeah. Max right now. I, yeah. yeah. We've got enough dystopian nonfiction in our lives. Yeah. That dystopian yeah. fiction, we're like, not little too on the nose. I'm going to get just a little tiny, tiny, tiny bit political right now and just make a fucking complaint that we have a goddamn president who is bragging about the size of his nuclear button. <laughs> <laughs> like I mean, I'm like, are you ten? The onion cannot keep up with the, the onion, reality. The onion's um, gonna go out of business because they're like, oh, just they're just like, get on can't. Twitter. There is no yeah. satire. How There's, do you make it satire? Is, it's ridiculous. Of this? Oh, and another thing, um, I'm going to bring up, and and I'm just having fun, kind of going off topic from from the gothic because that's fine. Um, a we'll friend of mine um, was bringing up. Uh, um, ex machina and saying that well here's the thing I love I love that movie and I take it as an a punch in your face hardcore feminist movie yes and and but the thing is uh, she said that um, she's been having a bad experience speaking with men who are having their minds blown by the film, and then it's being held up as a lot of men about maybe toxic feminine, about and that uh, the matriarchy about the matriarchy, um, and also um, 
about uh, there's actually been some writings from about from the director and interviews with the director that the director didn't necessarily intended to be feminist yes and um, i feel that it's feminist the same way the witch is in that it's about a woman coming realizing who she is yes and getting away and becoming well, that and I, becoming herself I, in the honestly, world honestly i, I didn't the, really the like thing, it that much oh i loved but, it and and it's and i think it's less of a story about honestly um my friend <laughs> um Maxine, uh, this is, she was asking, like, you know, who who of us liked it? And she gave this beautiful breakdown of, like, why she liked it, which was pretty much saying exactly why I did love it. And basically, um, <laughs> uh, she categorized it in this way, that um, you have this man who is the king and he creates this basically a sex spot, and it's 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 she's it's less about it being feminist and more about it being anti toxic masculinity. Hmm. So you have the king who keeps creating these differently styled fembots for his pleasure, right? And then, but programs her to be just a little bit better and Each a little time. bit smarter and a little bit more creative. Mm-hmm. And then he brings in his white knight. Yep, where. You know, the created woman, which she said it, it would be interesting because it could have been man. It could have been male. Right. Could have mm-hmm. been female. But, of course, they always design them to be female because even when it's a robot, they imagine them to be more pliable if they're right. feminine. Of course. Which we were laughing because uh, Tekla and I were talking about hurricanes. And they are saying that more people get killed when it's a, a femininely named hurricane because... People believe that it's not going to be as powerful, and so people stay in their homes <laughs> and thus die. It's a it's a thing. They've done studies on they it. They have done. That studies is on insane. It. I did not know that. So the robot uses all the things that she's been taught and has learned about being by the king and the white knight, and then throws it all to the side, and throws him under the bus. Yes, and goes off on her way. And I remember. Speaking about it with handsome boyfriend Jim, where I was like, as she walked out, I was like, as in a, you realize the doors are shut. Spoilers for Ex Machina. The doors are shut. Everyone is locked inside. Um, Oscar Isaac's character is presumably dead inside from multiple stab wounds. As well he should be. As well he should be. And, but, and he's like, and I was like, fuck that guy about the white knight. Right, about, and uh, about uh, Dominic. Uh, Domino Gleason's character and he's like but he he absolutely cannot that's unescapable like he's gonna die and I'm like yeah fuck that yes. guy <laughs> yeah and and he's like but that that seems that seems extreme like and I'm like no fuck that guy I mean it was <laughs> literally like I couldn't get past that because all of us all of us as women have been saved by or attempted to be saved by or creeped on by those fucking white knights Mm -hmm. that don't see us as people. Yes. That aren't saving us from something. They're saving us for themselves. Yes. 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 There was maybe not, maybe not because physically they want to get with us, but because saving us gives them an ego boost. Yes. It's nothing. It's never about, 
It's always about them. It's about them, and it's about women as an object. And as mm-hmm. as, as a reward. As yes. a prize. As a prize. Yeah. Um, it's, I came to the realization probably about ten years ago that one, one of my ex-boyfriends, who I had a terrible, terrible breakup with, uh, I came to the realization that he was dating down the food chain of broken and crazy. Ooh. Where I was like the midpoint where, you know, in my <laughs> in my 20s, I was not the most stable. O- stable, stable or aware of young women. And he swooped in to rescue me from a horrible yeah. relationship that yeah. I was in Ooh. and all that. It's like the guys that go to the bars on Valentine's night. Yes. Because there's going to be... But as soon as someone woman. more crazy and more broken and, and far weirder than I am, and I say this as someone who's fairly weird, um, came along, he promptly fell out of love with me and started dating her. Oof. What a shock. <laughs> As we make hand gestures at each other to to, <laughs> to symbolize what I'm talking about, we're, we're keeping plausible deniability here. But yeah, it is that white knight sort of thing yeah, where uh-huh. I am, I am becomes, going to swoop in and rescue you. You, you hit an age and you hit a, hit a maturity level and a, a, a comfort level with yourself where you realize... Fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. We hey, don't need rescuing. We can, we don't we can deal with our own problems. Having yeah. having support is good. Having yeah. having a romantic partner who is supportive of us uh-huh. trying to fix ourselves is fantastic. Yeah. But, but we having don't... one that is trying to do all the fixing themselves yeah. and is yeah. actually trying to sculpt you, not so and great. And frequently at their own self unaware un, un self awareness yeah. of yeah. the problems of their own that they should be fixing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um and So then, ladies, watch out for the white knights. Yeah. There is they they can be as bad, if not worse, than 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 the people that are genuinely just that where they that you can see that, immediately that this person is evil. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then uh Lastly, I'm going to throw out uh, Jen's Documentary Corner. Jen's Documentary Corner! Um, I threw in uh, Iris, um, who I first seen. I have seen. not yet seen. It's really, I'm really enjoying it. I love it. her. And then, because there's a huge part on her in... Um, advanced Style. Advanced Style. Which mm-hmm. I also love. Which I is, have the book. I'm like, I'm so into Advanced Style. Yeah, me too. So, I really enjoyed it. And I uh, just love... I love people stories like that. And plus... Um, I love, there's a really good documentary, I talked about it when I first saw it, um, but it's called I Know a Woman Like That, and it's, um, it was, uh, it was directed by, um, Virginia Matson about her mother. I remember you telling me yeah. that. I remember, I've seen and, that documentary, and, I haven't watched it, but I, I know that I have it. I really, I, I really liked it, um, because it's very much, um, having, having older women in your life that, that inspire you. And, yeah. and and it's not their goal to you know it's it's not like they're not setting out to be an inspiring yeah, wise woman no. figure exactly they're just um, awesome and and, and exactly you that's, that those people in your life that is one of the things that I like I do a senior outreach film program and there are so many amazingly awesome people yeah. that I have met that way that are like older people um, a lot of them are women I met a woman that had danced with Fred Astaire once and she had oh. photos of it and oh she my was gosh. awesome she opened a Fred Astaire dance school and he came to teach them the method it was like one of the first ones that opened 
and her and her husband opened it and she I showed uh, Fred Astaire movie and she brought like the pictures and told us this and it was amazing and so yeah I think that the senior outreach stuff I do has really changed me in a way Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like people of not necessarily our generation but our generation and younger don't have as much contact with people of the older of older generations and well, I think that's kind of a shame. Yeah, there's that really weird ongoing societal segregation of age groups. Right. Where and this is something I I see in fandom spaces a lot. Oh yeah. Where you get the you get this really sharp delineation where a lot of the people who are coming in as preteens and teenagers in fandom get really weirded out by people who are older than them in fandom. Uh-huh. Because and they like to think they invented everything. They like to think they invented fandom, and they are creeped out by, especially by women of a certain age. Who have written Slash, who maybe? Who have written or Slash, who have written fanfic, who, who've yeah. read it, or who are still like, active in fandom spaces. Mm-hmm. Oh, and It's the, like, this is not, this is for us now. No, well, the no. thing I keep saying is, oh my god, don't, you know, you're in your 30s, don't you have, you know, children to go take care of and do your taxes and knit and it's like who do you think started this who yeah. do you think's organizing well, the conventions and who's coding the software platforms that people in that you're using can use yeah i agree it's also um yeah it's a weird kind of ageism it is it that really you see a is. lot in fandom and also in regular culture in regular culture too one of the things though that i'm really happy about is that there's not as much of that ageism anymore in the goth community. No, I think that the goth community has been around long enough that people that are coming up in the goth community now have known us or seen us around their whole lives and they're just used to it. And they're not as, they're more, not as mean to elder goths, I think. Right. It's very much a Seattle thing. I I mean, um, where, I guess it's just because where I've been, but... It's one thing I, I noticed um, upon moving out here is is the Se- the Seattle goth community was a lot more um, accepting of you being career motivated and and professional, and mm. also you see a lot more older members of the community right here. Whereas it the same sort of thing holds true. I think, I think it's self created. Well, partially the whole sense. thing holds true on the West Coast. Yeah. There's a lot more acceptance of all age ranges in the goth community mm-hmm. West Coast side. Um, yeah. I'm hearing some of it start to come up better in the East Coast, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm seeing a lot, like, I think it's much more prevalent that they have a much better, better, not better, larger elder goth community in the UK because every time I see pictures from Whidbey, there's always like... <sighs> Awesome looking seventy oh. year olds in their like leather top hats, and I'm I like, oh know. my god, I love these people. Yes. These are my people. One yeah. of these years, I'll get to Whitby. One of these years, <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a fundraiser, and then we can do this podcast live there. Yes, yeah, yes. that's yes. it. So send us all your money so we can go to Whitby and do a live podcast. Yay! <laughs> I'm I'm all for this plan. So, um, did I miss the beginnings of um, what else have you seen? Because I know you've seen some stuff. I've seen some things, my friend. I've seen, <laughs> some, I've seen things. some things. Uh, let's see. Recently, I watched 47 Meters Down, and I watched uh, that other shark movie, The Shallows. Yeah. I liked both of them. Mm-hmm. I think I found The Shallows to be a much better horror film. Yeah. Um, 47 Meters Down, 
I liked that the sharks were scary, but the scary part of the film is what if we run out of oxygen? That's much scarier to me than a shark. I am I'm claustrophobic, and mm-hmm. um, underwater mover, movies trigger that claustrophobia in me. Yeah, so that's yeah. probably not a good movie for you to watch. <laughs> no. I've but watched I, both of them. Yeah. Oh, okay. But um, I really liked The Shallows. It was a great surprise of yeah. being a good horror film when I was like, oh, it's just this I, girl on a rock. I kind of dug its kind of epic silliness at the at the very end. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> I liked that she tried to save that injured seagull. I know. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I also watched a documentary by the lady that did the, the Parrots of Telegraph Hill called pelican dreams i didn't really like it that much it was a chatty documentary about pelicans what it's rises documentary <laughs> corner you guys watch well, way you... more documentaries than me you asked I'm me sorry, what i watched a customer stop, recommended stop. it stop i want to do it <laughs> no i can go now but no I a customer recommended it uh and he every time he comes in the store he's like did you watch that pelican documentary yet it's great it's and a... it's charming what's it called Pelican Dreams. It's just about these brown pelicans, and one of it starts off with there's a pelican that's on the Golden Gate Bridge, and the police have to come take it away, and it kind of follows that pelican through pelican rehab because it gets an injured wing, <laughs> and then she talks to some people who also rehabilitate penguins, but are pelicans. Pelicans, but the pelicans just live in their backyard until they're well enough to fly off, and then they just fly off, and. It's charming, but it's kind of just a weird nothing. I didn't like it nearly as much as I liked Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill. I need a documentary like this about red pandas. We all need that. We could make one if we could just get a red panda. I keep being told I can't have one as a pet. My dog is kind of red panda shaped. I think maybe we could Photoshop her. This is true. (laughs) Why does this panda bark all the time? (laughs) I had no idea they were this noisy. I did buy te- uh, Tekla a, uh, a stuffy red panda for Christmas because I am I am full on investing in Jillian 2.0. You are. I'm red so proud. Red pandas are adorable. They are adorable. And every once in a while I say danger and she makes herself really big. She makes the arms. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anteaters also do that and they're oh. super cute when they stand up and do that. I saw a lady that had a pet anteater and he had a little sweater on and he was standing with his arms up. Oh my God, so cute. <laughs> Okay. A pet anteater. So, okay. Sure. On that note, is there anything that you've seen? See, I don't. I don't really watch new movies unless I'm with you guys. You um, rewatch. I rewatch a lot movies. of stuff. But we sometime, possibly this weekend, I am finally going to watch it. Oh my god! I'm, I haven't seen it yet either, and I really want to see it. I. Well, I once you've seen it, I would like to show it. Okay, thank you for letting me watch it at home first. No, that's going to be the first. You get to pre-screen it, and if you would like, you can wear like a blindfold that you can just pull down over your eyes. That's what stuffed animals are for. I'm going to, you know, hold a bunny up in front of my face. All right, we have stunt bunnies. Yes, Tecla very kindly loans me bunnies. Really, ears are very good for covering your eyes with. If yes, little floppy ears, yeah. yeah, protect you. What was the <laughs> the horror movie we saw the trailer for last night in front of Shape of Water where it's you silence and survival? 
Oh my goodness. Oh, you yes. can't make a noise and the monster comes? Yeah, yes. I saw that. I saw that and I don't remember what it was called. I think it might have been called Silence. It might be. Yeah, I've seen but that trailer I, twice I now and I'm really it curious really about good. it. I, think I also an interview really, with the writer. I also really like, oh man, uh, uh, Insidious 3 or 4. four. It's the new four. one. I like the trailer yeah. for that. I like that the that Insidious movies have kind of become about that older woman. Yes. And that she's getting to be kind of the star of those God movies. Damn it. And her name just came right out of my mouth. I know. I, I can't remember. But I really like that they're doing that because... I love her. You don't well, see I, actresses I of her guys. age getting the... Yeah. yeah. I love the two dirty guys. The two guys assistant guys. That, that yeah. just argue with each other the whole so time. So I'm excited to see Insidious 3 the keys, unless it's... The key fingers? Huh. The key That's fingers a great design. Okay. Great design. Awesome love design. the key fingers. I, that's really bugging me about the silence kinda, movie, but that looks terrifying. It does look really gloves. scary. But yeah, that the trail the trailer for Insidious Four and the trailer for for whatever the silence the silent movie where silence is survival. Basically, they live in the forest and they can't make a noise. Because if they um, make a noise, the like, monster will hear. That yes, I mean they literally have little painted um, if, as they are walking along the wooden floor in in their house. They have little. Uh, painted marks where they can step on the floor where Without it won't a make board a creaking. Yeah. And they're playing board games, but Rolling instead the of the pieces, they have pieces of felt that they, they move around the felt. board so the that it doesn't make a sound. The entire family uses sign language to communicate. Mm -hmm. And one of the children is deaf, which you probably would imagine is how they managed to survive in the first place. Right. So... Oh, that would be terrible because as a deaf child, if you knock something over, you don't know. You don't, you don't know. know. A yeah. quiet place. A quiet place, that's it. I no, am really I, curious about I'm that. Really I am too. Excited. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm interested to see how a movie that um, that has that much quiet in it will will do. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Does it have a background score? I hope not. I hope it's like almost a silent movie because I think that would be really scary. Yeah. Yeah. Just... Just, just back the background atmosphere noise. Mm -hmm. It is actually John Krasinski, who stars in it as oh, the yeah, that's dad, appears is. to also be the director. Huh. Okay. Well, I'll so, give him a shot. Yeah, no. And uh, that's another thing that I really liked. Hold on just a second. I'm looking at the writer, because I know I'm pretty sure it wasn't John Krasinski that I heard the interview with. It was somebody else. Because um, it was he had just gotten done with production, so there's somebody I heard an interview with right when that was wrapping up, and he's like, "I can't wait for people to see this. It's going to be really exciting." So the first time I saw the um, uh, the ad for it, I was Trailer. just amazed. And it's got Emily Blunt in it, who yeah. I also really like. So I am going to apologize. Um, I'm going to get more horse as the day goes on. So, do you need a drink? No, it's. I know. It's just my asthma. I know. So let's get to, uh, does anybody have anything else that, that was fun that they saw, or do you want to just get right into the gothic? Let's go. Gothic. Gothic. Right gothic, 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 gothic. 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 Woo! I wore the giant billowy sleeves for this. Come on. <laughs> I know. Okay. I always Ladies wear the giant all billowy sleeves. black. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many good ones, and we've actually seen a couple of really good things well, lately. We saw the Tomb of Lygia. Yes. Um, we've okay. Go ahead. The Fall Sorry. of the House of Usher. Uh, we've. I, I have all three of the Scream Factory uh, uh, Vincent Price sets. 
Right, and those are what I'm showing in my gothic film class. My film class is going to be all about the poor man's I am going to grab some water. Okay. Um, but so please. Okay. So speaking of Raz's gothic film classes at Scarecrow, I helpfully cribbed her notes. Which about, is good, because I forgot them. Which, is, which are kind of elements of gothic narratives. Yeah, because I think that before we start talking about gothic films, we should define what we mean. Because we did talk earlier about films that are goth. Right. And how those differ. And it, yes. So, so there's elements of gothic include some sort of ghost supernatural element that usually symbolizes the past reaching out to corrupt or ensnare the present. Right. You see that a lot with ghosts. Ghosts are a big, big thing about that always calls up the past in gothic novels, um, especially if you're looking at films like The Haunting. The yes. Haunting is very gothic and a lot of it is about the house itself. There's ingenues falling for brood- brooding, emotionally unavailable source. <laughs> yes. Also known as R20s. Also known as R20s, the Heathcliff years. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's always an, there's almost always an element of decay, be it physical decay, mental decay, moral, emotional. Right. There's like a crazy lady in the attic. There's, um, or there's a house that is crumbling that represents the crumbling of the family line. I'm specifically thinking of House of Usher. Yes. What? With burnt offerings. Yes. Oh, that yes. was not on my list, and um, it should have it been. It should have been. Uh, one of the other things, my my possibly favorite line of your comments from uh, from too. Gothic Movie 101 is, weather is the all caps of the Gothic narrative. It is. When there's a thunderstorm, stuff is going to go down. <laughs> Shit's gonna go down. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, everything's <laughs> fine. Uh oh, thunderclap. Yep. Did you hear that? Something bad's happening. Did you hear the wind picking up? Yes. And the thunder rolling yeah. through. There are frequently weird or unsettling elders or wise older people with secret knowledge that perhaps man was not meant to know. They have yeah. all the family history oh, done in America. I'm laughing so much because I didn't think about any of these things, but yet I'm like, I've oh, and this my... movie, and this movie. I'm looking through my list mm-hmm. going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are older that. characters who never quite tell you the whole story in gothics a lot. Yes. Be like, oh, you can go to that house. Which I, I actually have a modern movie that wouldn't be considered quintessential gothic horror, but actually uses all the tropes from that. So. Oh, that's exciting. What is it? Cold Comfort Farm. Oh my There's God, something nasty in the, the woodshed. woodshed. But Cold Comfort Farm was written as a parody of gothic. I know. So I, I think it counts. Oh, that oh my was, God, I love that there movie. Was, there was a law, a law, Poe's law, that says if you make something so, is it Poe? I don't know. Uh, when we were when in the, in the discussion of uh, and and I started looking this up, then I got distracted with the dis- the, the the discussion of Ex Machina, and she she said, well, it's. I think she's. I think it's Poe's law, and it's that if you make something, if you if you parody something so much that in itself it becomes its realistic, own thing, yeah, it becomes realistic. Um, Without a clear indicator of the author's intent, it is impossible to create a parody of extreme views so obviously exaggerated that it cannot be mistaken by some people. So the entire like U.S. political situation we're living yeah, in right now. Yeah, we were just now. talking about the Onion and how it has come through. Yeah, apparently but that's Poe's law. Farm. Cold Comfort Farm. Yeah, Cold Comfort Farm is a <laughs> wonderful parody of God, gothic I films. Love that movie so there much. is a play called The Mystery of Irma Vep, oh. which is. Not to do with the movie Irma Vep, but it is a play 
with a million gothic characters. There's vampires. There's werewolves. There's the crazy woman in the there's attic. There's a crazy there's... woman in the attic. There's a mummy. And it's all done by two actors who do quick change costumes. It's such a good it play. It is such a wonderful play. The oh, one, the the wonderful. The one I saw that had special like blacklight details on costumes. So when uh-huh. they were switching between characters, they could turn on the blacklights and they'd have like, glowing spiderwebs and skulls yes. to signify that they're... They're the yeah. crazy cakes ghost. Oh, oh, it's great. fun. It has a scene from Barney the Vampire in it where the vampire is peeking at the leaded glass in the window. Yep. Which is terrifying to me. It is the scariest vampire thing ever. It, it, it's it just is having fantastic. something picking away at the leading between the panes and you know it's going to come and get you and you're yeah. paralyzed with fear. No, thank you. And then finally, the, the last bit of the Gothic 101 movies. Description. Descriptions that I, I cribbed. Uh, women in situations that or places that are uncomfortable to them. So, a woman of a lower social class. Okay, in Jane Eyre, Jane has to go to that party with the little girl. Um, there's a party at the place, and the guy whose daughter she's taking care of is expected to play piano. So, Jane is brought into this party, and it's all of these super rich, snotty people. And she's just the governess in her plain mouse brown dress. Yeah. And she has to stand there in the corner while they are just horrible people. Yeah. yeah. And you see that kind of discomfort a lot in Gothic narratives. Um, the heroine, occasionally the hero, but usually the heroine is always feels out of place or uncomfortable. In Rebecca, it's because she is a poor girl who was a just new people and now she lives in this giant brooding mansion where with everybody's Olivier. still with every, everybody's still remembering Rebecca uh-huh. and, and she and knows she can never live up in her yeah, yeah and she yes. can never live up to Rebecca and that's the source of her gothic discomfort mm-hmm. and in a lighter version um no I'm just gonna that'll come up later the source of my gothic discomfort is usually the shoes yeah, <laughs> sometimes the corset, sometimes the shoes. No, the I shoes. know it was funny because I didn't even bother writing down um, uh, Jane Eyre or Wuthering Heights. Yeah, because um, I wrote down years for all of the movies because I'm crazy. I just wrote down movie titles and I did that. But but there's no point with Jane evening. Eyre and and Wuthering Heights because there's been a million versions of them. But the uh-huh. one that I was really excited about is um, there is a 2011 Jane Eyre that has um, Mia. Wachowski. And it's really good. That's what I've heard. It's really good. I liked it a lot. Though I do want to see the one that you had talked about that has... Um, I am a I am a fan of the Orson Welles. Orson Welles, oh. yeah. Which he I have both of them, and I've watched neither of them. Is so good. Yeah. There's a scene where he just says to her, I feel as though there is a string beneath my heart that attaches to a string beneath your heart, and if you were to leave, that string would break, and I would never recover. And you're like, oh my god. Also known as the dialogue that Guillermo de Toro lifted and rewrote for part of Crimson Peak. Yes. Ah. Yeah, that's also in Crimson Peak, yes. but So let's on. discuss Crimson Peak is... As... Ah, Guillermo Crimson de Toro Peak. loves his gothic tropes. He and we does, love him for him. it. And we do love him for it. Um, and then, um, speaking of Crimson Peak, you've got to bring up Dragonwick. Oh, um, oh yes. Vincent, Price, Vincent Price with that weird accent. That is a ridiculous Vincent accent. Kind of ridiculous. There are made up words in this movie which I find ridiculous, and I'm sure they're real words, but <laughs> but we can't tell what they are because of his accent. Exactly. No, they're like just weird words <laughs> that for but, different. But one of one of the hallmarks I really find for gothic movies is there's there's a certain amount of lushness 
to oh my god the yes. gothic it's the gothic atmosphere it is the gothic atmosphere but like the set design and, mm-hmm. and the costumes dragon frequently is beautiful and but the one i want i really oh, want to talk about is is uh, the fall of the house of usher which i don't know because um oh my goodness what's the director's name roger, roger corman. corman roger corman is such a fucking cheap bastard the fact that he let everything be as stunningly gorgeous and lush. Well, what happened the House of Usher. was that American International Pictures was going to pay him to make two movies that year. Yeah. And he convinced them to let them combine the budgets. There were supposed to be two black and white movies. He's like, I want to do a color film. Yeah. I can do it cheaply. We just need to... I want to do a color film. And they're and like, it, it well... it happened really fast. And they like, also well, utilized... you can do it, but you'll only get to do one film this year. And then he uh, got Vincent Price, or since he's working for Corman, I'd say it's Vincent Half Price. Oh. <laughs> Tip your waitress, folks. <laughs> God damn you! I can't believe I said that. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to our listeners. No, no, don't terrible. apologize. Don't apologize. Just keep you going. Just own it. Anyway, so he got Vincent Price, and Vincent Price could carry a damn movie. Yes, yes he can. Uh, the other actors are people that were in the regular Corman <laughs> cast group. They're people that had done his movies before, and he just killed it. And then he got okay. all the red velvet in the world for costuming and, and yeah, painting. The costumes the were rented, I'm sure. Oh. Um, there's this amazing scene where, which has been imitated in a million movies since. Wait, am I, am I confusing the ha- House of Usher and Lygia? No. Okay, no. the paintings are in. Mm-hmm. The yeah, because it's the yeah. paintings of all of the ushers. And he walked okay. that. Yeah, okay. Vincent Price has done paintings of all of his the Usher family line, <laughs> and it's a line that it's a scene that's been done over and over again because it is a brilliant scene. That's where yeah. you walk down the hall and you're like. Oh, this is Uncle Frank, murderer. <laughs> oh, Aunt Letitia, burned as a witch. <laughs> we don't know where that possibly came from. Darling Uncle Einar. <laughs> Uncle Einar, he had large green wings. <laughs> you know, and they just go down the aisle and tells you tell you the family history. And that's been done in a lot of movies. Yeah. But in this one, they have the paintings themselves are, are beautiful. Fantastic. Amazing. They're just these weird modernist paintings that really are really vivid colors. Really vivid yeah. colors. And, and a couple of different styles. Well, if I, they're all by all one painter. Okay. Yeah, they're all by one artist. And uh, he is famous for being one of the first painters to use L- to experiment with using LSD during his creative state. Okay. And you can tell. Okay. This is true. They're beautiful paintings, though. Yes. I was trying to see if you could buy prints of them, so I was researching him, but no. No, there aren't any. I I look every couple of years. I know. Anyway. So a movie that when I was going through and compiling my list that I realized by all rights should be considered a gothic movie actually isn't, which is, and and you were going to make that face, Ken Russell's Gothic. Okay. I rewatched it. I put it on my list. It's about a bunch of people alone in a castle and one of them's and one of them's very uncomfortable. Sure. Well, there's no, there's no past reaching out. Really? There's no... There's no... The moral... There is no moral decay. They just... <laughs> they start at bottom and they don't go anywhere. <laughs> there, there's is the, there's the, no it downward. Is, it is the shining equivalent is he starts out fucking crazy. Like, they start out fucking <laughs> depraved. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the... And but, depraved fucking. Yes. But <laughs> yes. that is Ken, Ken Russell. Russell. <laughs> yes. Bless him. I consider Ken Russell one of... I have a list of, like, directors that I think consider as 
decadent directors. Yes. It's Peter Greenaway, it's Ken Russell, it's John Waters. Um, there's a couple other people on the list, but maybe Derek Jarman. Mm, yeah. And I've always wanted to do a thing about de- writing about decadent directors and decadent film and what defines that. But So, I mean, here's my, my big list of all my movies. And as much as I hate that movie, Gothic's right there. So eh, I when I rewatched it, I was like, this this doesn't quite tie in. It doesn't hit. All yeah, the... it's not. Exa- it doesn't hit all the things. I mean, it gets an honorary mention because Byron. Mm. Oh, Byron. <laughs> Mad, bad and dangerous to know. <laughs> Um, it does get an honorary mention because of Byron. Also, it looks like a gothic film. It has that gothic atmosphere with the, the rich sets and all, and the costumes and Julian Sands running naked across the rooftops. That gets an honorary <sighs> mention for anything, yeah. really. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't call it specifically a gothic film. So I'm going to bring this one up um, primarily because I could not watch it right now. Um, there are some movie themes that are just really upsetting for me. I could not watch Gaslight. Oh, oh. no. No, you don't need to watch that. So has anybody else? It's really else good. Seen? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Really I've good. seen it a bunch of times. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But no. if you can't handle it, don't watch it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's super good. I'm not... I guess it is a gothic. Um, also, The Innocence. I love such oh, a great yeah, I movie. I love The Innocence. I and, still haven't shown you guys that Kate Bush video. I have to send that out to you immediately. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I was really surprised because um, when I showed The Innocence uh, for Horror Movie Fridays, um, uh, Michael Montour had never seen it, and and he was just really struck with like. Just what a powerful story it yeah. was. It well is. Acted. It's like children is actors, and it was fantastic. Great. Yeah. And then that that famous scene of the kiss on the lips with the the yeah the yeah. governess and the Where little like, boy. And, who is is he possessed? Is she crazy? crazy? Yeah, I love and, that so yeah. much because it's so it's so much fun to talk about that movie afterwards. Yes. You're like yeah. because there's so many different opinions you can make of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, and kind of like a lesser known, but kind of charming, but in that, uh, young woman, there's the past creeping in is I really love the uninvited and I'm always going to bring it up. And it's, it's very much, it's um, great. gothic light. Um, yeah, but it, it's, it's a weird movie because it's almost like a comedy. It is. It's it got is. that it's light, light. It's, it's Ray Land who is just. Yeah, so charming, and yes. and also the woman who plays his sister was a fantastic comedic actress. Yeah, and so I, it's just charming and sweet. And then there's this dark element of these ghosts and this house that is full of these tragic memories. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I and, love that. And movie. also the um the the mother's friend, uh, who runs the um the mental hospital, like yes. in her giant. <gasps> oh, the portrait. lesbian. The lesbian. That is one of the most. That's one of. I love coded lesbian characters yeah. like her or Mrs. Danvers Hers, in Rebecca. I know, I know. But well, yeah. I love them too. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Danvers really coded? No. No. She was pretty... Well, yeah. she was as lesbian as you were allowed to, to be in a movie of that era. Uh, this is true. Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to make sure those ones were mentioned because they're just absolute favorites yeah. of mine. And then um, kind of a uh, uh, Rebecca knockoff is, um, which... I personally love is I Walked with a Zombie. 
Oh yeah, yeah, right. Ta- showed that in yeah. like film class, and yeah, yeah. it's it's always it, it always it's... disappoints me because I have always loved it, and I have never shown it to anyone and have it, and it is, it's got a little. I I like it. Yeah, I like a good. I I like it. I feel like it is far more respectful of the religion of voodoo than mm-hmm. it needs to be for a movie in like 1941. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's some stuff about, oh, it's all a crazy superstition, but there's not much of it. Yeah. And you, at the end of the movie, do not come away feeling that way. Yeah. Yes. Yep. But yeah, I love it. It's a, it's kind of, it's supposed to be a retelling of Jane Eyre's yeah. Sarah on a Plantation, yeah. Yeah. but it's not really. Nope. No. It's very different. Yep. Uh, and... I'm going to throw in the spiral staircase as gothic. Um, if I have, for the lighting and sets, if nothing else. Yeah, I exactly. just really recently watched that. Oh, I'm so glad you finally saw it. Oh, yeah. There's a scene where the lighting is not on her, where you can't see her face and you just see her hands. hands. I oh, know. I'm yes. like, as soon Such as she started saying scene. that there's a scene, I'm like, Yep, yes, she made scene. the hand gesture. There's a couple of those scenes <laughs> oh. in it. Isn't there? It's so impressionist. Or, or, Expressionist. Expressionist. And, yeah. And almost, oh, so good. And there's a, some movies that are different genres that that I consider gothic films. Uh-huh. Sunset Boulevard is a film noir, but it is a gothic <coughs> film. Yes. Except that the innocent ingenue is actually the male character, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I love Sunset Boulevard. I love Sunset Boulevard. That's another sure. one of the movies like um, that we were talking about earlier with older female characters yep. in mm-hmm. it that deal with what it's like to be aged out of what you're doing. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Gosh, there's another one kind of in that vein that was almost gothic. Um, that's almost gothic, but still on a more bent. Almost, almost. Um, uh, undercurrent. Um, which not that many have seen it. Oh yeah. Uh, with yeah, Catherine yeah. Hepburn and uh, and Robert and Mitchum. She marries this guy, and, and then she's... kind of falls in love with his brother, and it's. Robert it's Mitchum just, it's Robert, so good in it. He is, he didn't like the role because he's kind of the artsy romantic brother, which you've never seen him play yeah. ever again in his entire life. But he's so young, he looks ethereally beautiful. Oh yeah. wow! In yeah. this movie, okay, yeah, um, it's like in a place in the sun when you can't look directly at the screen because of Elizabeth just, Taylor. Just, oh yeah, so gorgeous. At, she's like seventeen in it, and, and she's just, with Montgomery Clift, who is at the height of his, his beauty. Career. And so you're it's like, just incandescent. Oh. Yeah, you just like there's scenes where I'm like, I I can't look. It's there too are just yeah. The, I saw Undercurrent when I had horrible insomnia all of my life up until I had my daughter. And I re- just there's all these movies and documentaries that I saw at three o'clock in the morning on mm-hmm. Turner Classic Movies. Yep. Or, I mean, it's how I saw Grey Gardens for the first time. I saw Undercurrent, and the thing is, it's like, it's kind of almost pre, it pre-accessed on my end for internet, where mm-hmm. it's like right. I had to find these movies, and I didn't have a. Have a you seen the two Mrs. Carols with Barbara Stanwyck? I have. I oh, love oh, oh, oh. I love Barbara Stanwyck. She marries an so... artist who seems to be obs- It's definitely I would consider it fairly gothic. But she marries a painter who's kind of still obsessed with his past wife and the past comes back and then maybe he murdered her, maybe he didn't and yeah. she keeps finding out more about him. Very much in keeping with gothic themes. It doesn't hit all of them. 
But yeah, you should watch it. It's great. Because I have a real fondness for, um, uh, is it The Strange Loves of Martha Idols? Oh, that is such an odd movie. Um, and it's got, yeah. it's, it has a... It's Kirk Douglas's first screen role. It's, it has him, but it also, part of the reason is it had Bar- Barbara Stanwyck in it. Mm-hmm. And then it also has, um, why am I... Oh, my favorite, my favorite blonde actress who passed away, like, two oh, years ago. Oh, um, who was in... Oh, my God. She's a noir actress. Yeah. Um, oh, Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth, uh, uh, oh. uh, no, it's... Elizabeth Scott. Elizabeth Scott. And she's so good in it. She's... Uh, she's she so good in that. Yeah, so I, that's one of the movies I have seen, like, a bunch of times because I've shown it at a bunch of different senior centers. Yeah. That's one of the ones I picked as things that people haven't seen, but I think they would love, and everybody's like... That's so good. Yeah. And Kurt Russell and got that really... role because Barbara Stanwyck had seen him in a summer summer stock production and oh, put a word fantastic. in for him. Oh, and wow. she is Ken, she is Kurt Russell. <laughs> Not Kurt Russell. <laughs> Kirk Douglas. And I was I was I a love little perplexed there for a second. I was is, like, wait, is Barbara Stanwyck is terrifying in mm. that? Oh, she's just it's it's so funny because it's I I started like a year ago now. Um, and I've never gone back to it just because life got in the way. But I wanted to, um, I wanted to create a list of films that are women who are done with your shit. Yes. And I, 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 oh my God. I want to do that. The, I want to do a podcast wars, about that. The women who are done with your shit. Yeah. Yes. But I watched, um, the one where she sleeps her way to the top. Um, uh, that's a uh, baby face. Baby face. Oh, Have you oh seen my Night God. Nurse? Night Nurse and is Night my Nurse favorite. Is wonderful. That was before they had a morality code, so... Oh, yay! Spoiler coming for a movie from 1931. Um, at the end of the movie, she just has her gangster boyfriend kill the bad guy and dump him in a river, and then the two of them go off to be happy, happy together. together. Yeah. That's awesome. But the scene... That's yeah. beautiful. The yeah, scene in is. Babyface, it, you see it gift all the time. Where she pours the, the coffee. The pours the oh, coffee. Oh, yes. 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 Oh. yes. But I feel like we're... Getting dangerously close to doing a film noir episode. We're going to do one soon. And hints. So we are going to do a film noir. We are going to do a film noir episode. So let's um, let's back. go back to whatever happened to Baby Jane, staying in that same time frame. Yeah, of, yes. of a bunch of these. Yes, another gothic that doesn't fit all the timelines, but I don't care. But yeah, it's totally gothic. Um, one of my favorite modern gothics that you showed me, Stoker. I oh. have a bunch of of modern movies that i think really fit that gothic stoker is fantastic stoker is so good i feel like the label of gothic is usually almost always assigned to films that are period films yes yes. costume dramas and i feel like in a way that's good because there are a lot of great gothics that are costume dramas but the idea of gothic really does transcend that costume Yes, drama, that genre. historical costume drama. The Legacy. Oh, oh God, I love See. that movie so much. Oh my God, I'm going to have to show you. It is... Is that the one with Charles Gray in it? Uh, the narrator from Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yes. yes. <laughs> and it's also got, with his mustache, and... <laughs> oh, I can't remember Sam... his name. Sam... Elliot? Sam Shepard. No, Sam, Sam Elliott. Sam, Sam Elliott. Sam Shepard's a playwright. Um, and also his wife, who um, is from... Uh, I've seen the legacy, but not for many, many years. I love it. Immediately after it. Jen showed it for Horror Movie Fridays, I went online and bought the movie novelization with the cover <laughs> with the cat and the yes. and the hand and the ring. Oh, it's so I know that cover. Yes, I I just I had to go get it. Um, 
what I but, saw Angel Heart on a bunch of lists, and I just don't know. I don't feel like Angel no. Heart. No, Angel Heart is a different yeah. thing. It's yeah, a great yeah. different thing. It's a good movie. I really like it. But, but it isn't a gothic. It isn't a it's, gothic. It's, it's a horror film. So I am going to get shamed because this movie is fucking terrible and I don't... Oh, I know exactly why I watched it. Because I have a huge fucking crush on John Malkovich. Mary Riley. It is the story of the Irish maid. The Irish I, maid from I, Dr. Jekyll? Yes. I've oh, seen I, that movie. I haven't seen that. It's... it's is what it kind is. Kind of awful, and her accent flows her in Her accent and out. is terrible. I found it charming and fun. I enjoyed it because Malkovich does a wonderful thing in the pathos, um, and between the anger and the destructiveness. Like when he is bad, mm-hmm. he's terrifying. They literally show the scene where he stomps a child. Wow. Okay. And we have all seen Dangerous Liaisons. We are all aware of John Malkovich and his powers. Yes. yes. This, is, <laughs> this is true. Um, a, mo- I, a, mo- a modern movie, well, okay, over 20 years old at this point, but a, <laughs> a modern movie where it's a male version of the ingenue, and, and I will fight either of you who say I am I am wrong about this being a gothic, is The Lost Boys. No. Michael's the ingenue. You've got Grandpa and Max as the elders who aren't telling anyone anything. There's the... the David is the brooding anti-hero who, who theoretically you could say that Michael falls in love with. Maybe I've read too much fanfic. No, no. I, I, you're making a really good point there are for the it. Decaying, it disturbs me. There are the decaying ruins. The underneath the, the hotel. The underneath the hotel. All right, fine. Yes. <laughs> When I was Fine. writing these notes, the Pete, my husband, was like, really? You're going to argue this point? And I'm like, don't make me give you a bulleted You're list You're like, this here. is the mountain it I'm willing to it, die on. And it, it, it his reaction true. was, this is just an excuse for you to rewatch Lost Boys. It's and I was sort like, of, it is it's a gothic, research. but it's also got comedic elements, it which you don't com- see in a lot of gothics. Yeah. But, um, what do you guys feel about Southern Gothic, and how does Southern Gothic... Fucking love Southern Gothic How does Southern so gothic, gothic differ from regular Gothic? There's usually much more of a religious element, and... It can be. Have you seen I, the skeleton key? Yes. I fucking love the skeleton key. Southern Gothic te- seems to be a little more incesty than regular Gothic. Yes. Yes. There's a lot more <laughs> of the forbidden sex elements, like, um... Mm-hmm. Uh, probably my favorite Southern Gothic is going to be Suddenly Last Summer. Oh, but I yeah. But it doesn't follow any of the rules of other Gothic. Don't There's care. not like I guess Elizabeth Taylor would be the ingenue. Yeah. Yes. And uh, Catherine Hepburn is the older yeah, woman who's not telling everything. Yeah. And they're trying to get Elizabeth. I am going to show that for horror movie Friday. Oh my God, yes, I love yes, that movie please so do. Much. We what all was the love other that, one that movie. you mentioned. Uh, maybe Night of the Hunter? You guys both mentioned Skeleton Key. Uh, Skeleton Key was the other one we mentioned. Skeleton Key... Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, Night of the Hunter. Uh, God, I love Night of the Hunter. Save it for the film noir one. We're going to cover it there. So I've seen a lot of discussion on Tumblr, actually, about Southern Gothic, because it's one of the favorite things for people to do atmosphere mood boards set photo oh, sure. sets of. Because it's swampy. It's swampy and there's all this amazing imagery that goes along with it, but I've also seen some very good critiques where people are like, no, it's not all about, you know, Spanish moss and beautiful, tragic looking women. No, there's a lot there is in Southern Gothic there's much more of a classist 
and racial tension undertone. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. When I was looking for films to show at Gothic Film 101, and I was like, every Gothic film I can have, I can find, is just about white is people. Is just white people, yeah. And then we started talking about movies like Eve's Bayou and things that are Southern Gothics that aren't necessarily about the white people. Yes. The whites. The whites. The whites, as white, we like white, to call them. White people? As, <laughs> yes. But one of the other things that, that got brought up in this Tumblr discussion is is the heavy classist overtones, where yeah. Gothic does have a lot of classist overtones, but there's, in Southern, the, in Southern Gothic, there's, it's very exaggerated because it's that... Because it's... It's yeah. the decaying plantations, it's the old Southern genteel family. The old Southern genteel family... And what they don't say, but what we all know, is that they owned other people. Yes. Yeah. And yes. maybe that's part of the story, but maybe it's not. But even if it's not part of the story, it's there in that, our heads. That subtext is that. there. Yeah. That when they're like, when you're watching Gone with the Wind and you're supposed to be cheering Scarlett O'Hara, and I'm like, like mm-hmm. I just, I don't think so. I, I cannot watch that movie. I cannot. I haven't seen it for like it's got some issues. Forty years. It, yeah. it is, and people love it, and they're all they lionize it. They're like, Scarlett O'Hara is the perfect Southern woman. I'm like, oh yeah, no, she's, she's terrible. A horrible person. Yeah. My dad still loves it because of the cinematography. It's, oh, it's so gorgeous. It's yeah, beautiful. It's beautiful, it's beautiful but... and it, the colors and mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, it is a beautiful movie. It's an important movie, and I feel people should watch it. But I feel that way about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I really don't like that movie. Yeah. But I know that it's an important film in the history of genre films. Yeah. So I've watched it, and I'm like, okay, not for me. But opened a door for an entire subgenre fo- subgenre of horror. Of so horror, yeah. important. Same thing with Gone with the Wind. Important film to have seen, but... If yeah. you have your normal brain on, if you don't shut off your normal critical thinking brain, you just want to punch Scarlett O'Hara right yeah. in the head. There are some movies that are important for their cinematography, but for their story are terrifying. And I also mean, some of the dresses. Birth is... of a Nation yeah. Is, yeah. is an important yeah. cinematic experience. A horrible fucking story. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh so... look, the KKK are the heroes. No, no thank no. you. No, no, they're not. No, bad idea. Yeah. So yeah, Southern Gothic, I feel, is... I love for for Gothic. use of a better word, it is pretty swampy. Yeah, yeah. It's about human. It's about passions. It's it's Tennessee Williams. Yeah. Yes. It's it's, it's frequently got... there's frequent people being monsters isn't as explicitly called out. It's still more of a subtextual right issue yeah. there in Southern Gothic. I feel yeah. But I love Southern Gothic. As Jen starts calling so through more notebooks. <laughs> I know. I've got I've got notes everywhere for everything. What are some good Southern Gothic films? I like Skeleton I'm Key a lot. I'm fairly certain we did a podcast on it, which okay. is why I'm trying to leave okay. through my notes. Yeah. That's fine. We'll just uh, say there's a few Southern Gothic films you should see. One is Skeleton Key. One is Suddenly Last Summer. Um, yeah. I, speaking of Southern Gothic books, I actually tried to read... Nick Cave's novel and the ass saw the angel. Oh, I, I took me a while, but I got through it. I really liked. Okay, because I got bogged down like a third of the way through, and I was like, I uh, cannot bring my, I cannot keep reading this. It is, it's uh it's quicksand. Yeah, we did a sudden horror, but I can't find that. It's literary quicksand. It is. It really is. Which 
because the first page is about a guy dying as he's being sucked into quicksand and you kind wow. of feel that heaviness throughout the novel. Throughout the novel. Yeah. yeah. I have read it. I don't think I would reread it, but the first two pages are some of the most beautiful first two pages I've ever read. So there. Better than The Haunting of Hill House? I have never read The Haunting of Hill House. <laughs> Shun the unbeliever! No, I just... I've never had a, been but able see, to. I never had a copy read, of it to read. Same if, thing with uh, "We Have Always Lived in the Castle." My mom is like, "You need to read this book. You will love it." And I've just never. If you like, read our library all didn't of carry the wonderful it. things right away, you won't get to have that first time experience. I totally want to read it. I can the quote the entire later. first paragraph. I will bring I've you read, copies. <laughs> bring me a copy. I've I, read essays about it. I know I, exactly how it differs from the movie The Haunting. Yeah. But I have not read the book. <laughs> and whatever walked there, walks Walk alone. alone. Yes. So I have <laughs> another movie that's a relatively modern movie that the it's a remake. Mm -hmm. And I would not necessarily claim the original version is, it has some elements of gothic, but the remake, again, is something I will fight for being gothic, which is the remake of The Wolfman with Sir Anthony Hopkins in it. You've got two ingenues. You've got the, the younger son, Benicio del Toro, coming back, and there's all these weird secrets I of the past. I literally remember nothing about that. Me neither. I remember, the, me. I remember the special effects with the hands. And the, the, brother, the older brother's wife is stuck in the decaying family mansion, not knowing what's going on, and there's weird issues between Benicio del Toro and his father, who is... Obviously, there's okay. weird, creepy things going I remember, on. I remember, I remember it's, that. Also, it's... I'll rewatch it. I am so much more less apologetic for Mary Riley right now. Yeah, don't, don't be... <laughs> don't be apologetic. Never, <laughs> never. There is no such thing as a guilty pleasure. <laughs> this is true. And before a lot of the, the resurgence of the costume drama gothic horror got really yeah. started, Wolfman, the Wolfman remake was really one of the only things that had that what I refer to Ooh. as the blood and bustles aesthetic, where, where it's right. creepy horror and there's beautiful costuming. and well, right. you Bram Stoker's Dracula. I was just going to say all versions of Dracula and leave yeah. it at that so you don't listen to me verbal on about yeah, it. Yeah, about we've, different we've things. Dracula, Dracula is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and just tossing it out there, um, The Bride of Frankenstein is very yes. much a beautiful gothic. A lot of the Hammer films. And, the Hammer horror films, oh, Hammer which... Horror. Yeah, I am unfamiliar with almost all of the Hammer horror. There's a few you should watch. Um, I will loan you Dracula Has Risen from the Grave. Okay. The first Christopher Lee Dracula movie, I don't I don't remember what it's called. It might just be called Dracula, Prince of Dra Darkness. Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Um, not very good. Christopher no. Lee, they didn't realize he could act yet, I guess. And they yeah. just, he Isn't just he shows up. kind of feral and He just shows realistic? up with a cape and hisses at people a few times. Which, if it's your thing... Sure. Is effective? I'm not saying he's not good at it. <laughs> but I'm saying that in Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, when Dracula comes back, he's much more Christopher Lee. Yes. Okay. And it's yes. got fabulous costumes and silliness, and the peasants are terrified of him. And yeah. I absolutely love it. It's probably my favorite Hammer Horror film, but there's another Dracula where Dracula is blonde. I think it's Brides of Dracula. It is that Brides I really of Dracula. Like. And it's yeah. a different. It's a different actor. Yeah, it is a different actor. Yeah. I can't remember who it is. I can't remember who it is. I remember I, I really liked that movie because it had some surprises in it, it that did. I didn't expect. Um, what was it? Oh, and speaking of uh, Bride of Frankenstein, 
another movie that that hits that Poe's Law issue is Young Frankenstein. It's true. It is a straight yeah. up gothic, but it's it, a parody. But it parodies it so lovingly. But also, it does it very lovingly. It was funny because uh, Jim and I were talking on IM, and he he pulled out a uh, Blazing Saddles quote to me, and it was you know kind of a. You know, not one of the primary ones. Right. Um, but I know that movie so well. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, the yeah. the, the, the salt of the earth. I mean, <laughs> morons. Morons. <laughs> yeah. And, but that was one of the things that I, I, I said, I wish that movie held up better. But you could tell he did not love the Western genre the way he loved Universal mm-hmm. Horror. Yes. I will admit that when I was like 11... Blazing Saddles was the funniest movie I had if ever seen in my life. Down it's to... got the fart jokes in it. It's yeah. got the the weird sex stuff that's all off camera that I did not understand, but I knew it was funny. <laughs> but <laughs> if you could cut that movie down to the stuff between the sheriff and and Gene Wilder and the Madeline Kahn, yeah. just kind of like get rid of the whole pie fight sequence because that is garbage. And, and the sorry, weird, Mel. the weird ending. Where he just kind of didn't know. Where he, he didn't was know how at. to end it, and yeah. literally crap broke the fourth wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that whole part. No, thank you. No, but yeah, but, but young, anyway. but young Frankenstein, young is, Frankenstein is, is flawless perfection. It yes. is flawless. It is just perfection. Yeah. I saw the Young Frankenstein stage musical while it was in Seattle, before it moved to Broadway. So it had a bunch of extra numbers that were cut off before it was on Broadway. And I felt like one of the problems with it was that there was, like, a song for every joke. Oh, no. But I'm telling you, the stuff that worked in it was amazing. There were some stage special effects I've never seen before that were just great. Oh. And, uh, the... Oh, who's... The lady that played the Madeline Kahn role is that comedian. She's on... Oh, God. Are you pausing this? You no, should pause no, this. No, 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 no. She was making well, sure I try to and remember sleep. her name. Uh, she was on Will and Grace. Oh, oh. yeah, the red hair. Or no, no, no. Yeah. The, the, the helper or the... The bitchy one. Oh, no, that's Karen. Karen. She's it amazing. Karen. Um, Megan... Megan oh, Mullally. Yeah. Megan Mullally played the... Um, played that it is, and she was that is so beautiful. brilliant. Oh, my She's God. She's funny. She is perfect for the Madeline Kahn role. Yeah. I never realized there was a Young Frankenstein musical. I apparently missed that. It closed pretty quickly on Broadway, It, but they tested it out of town. They did Hairspray here. Right. Every once in a while, a Broadway show will open in Seattle as a test run. They will do it here, and uh, Minneapolis occasionally gets mm-hmm. hit, too. And so we saw that because I insisted. <laughs> <laughs> and it had some good stuff in it, but yeah, it wasn't as good as the movie at mm. all. So one that I'm shocked you haven't brought up yet is uh, Picnic Hanging Rock. It has been so long since I have seen it. I will write Please it on the show list. it. Please I show it. I will not ever watch it. I do not like Picnic at Hanging okay. Rock at all. I hate that movie. Well, Sorry, Peter Weir. I adore you. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's just a movie in which nothing happens for hours and hours. You're not wrong. And I just, I cannot take it. And then, <laughs> then somebody disappears and there's never an exclamation. She, there's never an explanation, which is what happened in the real incident. I understand. Can but I have, it does not make for a riveting film to Mike. I'll have a palate cleanser. The Changeling. Yay! I fucking love The Changeling. Love yes, The Changeling. So love George C. Scott. 
um, in almost everything he's, he's done. He's done. I know. He's so good. I know. He's just so uh, have you Not a gothic film and completely off topic. <laughs> uh, Twelve Angry Men. Yeah. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. Um, Anatomy of a Murder, where he's like the young, <gasps> the young lawyer. Amazing. Everything about that movie, Anatomy of a Murder, is amazing. The jazz score. The panties. The panties. The fact that they actually address panties. the rape as a rape. Rape. And you're oh, like, yeah. wow. Yes. Yeah, I've never seen it. So. Oh, my God. Uh, Jimmy good. Stewart is amazing. He's just a country lawyer. And oh, he's, he's just, No, he's great. He's fucking fantastic. It is... This is... It's You'll, so you need to see it. Okay, it's, it's great. I'm sure she and, will show it to me at some oh, point. I will. Yeah, I will. <laughs> we need to start having a regular film noir afternoon. <laughs> well, you guys yeah. have been talking about doing that. So, so um, the it, others, the others, very um, yeah, really liked it. I liked the twist in it, yeah. which I won't talk about because of spoilers. I thought it was neat. It completely creeped me out the first time I ever watched it. Like, yeah, and because I am, I am generally. I get so engrossed in a movie that I do not necessarily figure out the twist. That's what happened to me. And so I was sitting, we watched it on video, I was sitting there on the couch hiding behind multiple stuffed fang rabbits. Because you know when she lifts that veil up, there's going to be a creepy old lady there. And Pete was like, I have figured out what is going on. Do you want me to tell you the ending? Will that make you feel better? I'm like, no, it won't. It won't. Nothing Mm, will make me feel better. I want to discover this in my own way, yeah. Monty's that way, too. He will, like, oh, I figured that out hours ago. I'm like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> oh, I, it just dawned on me something that would fit in Southern Gothic. Carnival. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Well, oh, man, I'm of... so angry about, angry about that show not getting you know, more seasons. Carnival and Deadwood both deserved a final season. I actually just started um, uh, Deadwood because I never watched it. Um, so I, I'm, I I really want to watch through it. Um it's just, it's just, it's, it's nasty. It is nasty. And, and it's, it's got it can, some, sometimes it's a hard watch. It has some high caliber swearing in it though. So much cocksucker. This, this is what I have been told. <laughs> um, speaking of television that utterly fits is uh, Penny Dreadful. I and was trying really hard not to just scream that out. Penny Dreadful! But, but, yeah. <laughs> well, Penny <laughs> Dreadful is almost a parody of gothic. It is all the gothic it's, tropes blended into one. Yeah. And God, I love it. It's just so good. It's a pastiche mm-hmm. that works pretty well through seasons one and two. And part of season three. There's part parts of Season three, three like. is infuriating to me. There, there are parts Don't split that I the really... party at the end of the season and then spend the entire next season with them off doing their own things that nobody cares about unless one of them happens to be... <laughs> uh, you are not wrong. <laughs> yeah. You are not wrong, but I think it was the... There the... was a lot of balls being dropped yeah but in, that, that in the wrap-up of in the, everything one of the early early episodes of season three where where poor mr renfield as the as the oh, alias like, sad renfield. secretary when he gets dragged into that lair and you just hear the my name is dracula at which point when i first saw the episode in its first run i i literally let out a shriek and pete came downstairs from his art studio and he was like what the hell was that and i'm like i'm having a moment i think i've heard that and just i leave like me alone so, but the scene in the asylum or the, the the entire episode that takes place in the asylum that's in the third season it is. Was, and that is yeah, probably the most powerful that is incredible there are like there seasons it has some standout episodes, but overall, oh, it's, it's uneven. It's, it's that asylum episode Very deserved all the awards. Yeah, I'm like Eva Green, you're perfect. Yes, yeah. go away, be perfect more. Yes, yeah. 
Um, I just saw an Eva Green movie called Perfect Sense. And it's about a plague that takes over the world. And what happens is one by one you lose your senses. But before you lose them, you have an emotional outburst. So, like, people become furiously, just violently furious and just start destroying things. And then it passes and their hearing goes. Or they become incredibly hungry and they're eating and eating. And then all of a sudden their sense of taste is gone forever. Oh, that's horrible. And one by one, people lose all of their senses. And it's about, and she is falling in love with this guy that lives across the street during this whole thing. So you're seeing them fall in love as the world is slowly stripped away. And it's so beautiful. It is, oh my God, it's like a poem. It sounds like something I could not watch, actually. It's Ewan McGregor in a bathtub with Eva Green. Can I just have like a highlight reel of that? <laughs> <laughs> when they make the the when they make the short film of Lords of Salem that only contains yeah. the witches, yeah, then I'll make someone, sure that one's someone will make for that one too. Us. <laughs> um, Rosemary's Baby. Oh yeah, only mm. lovers left alive. <gasps> is only lovers left alive a gothic? I it's, don't feel like it's it is. It's not a gothic. It isn't. No, it doesn't have anybody gothic. who feels trapped in the situation. It is a beautiful, beautiful there's, love there's story. There's no moral decay, really. I mean... Um, but he's he's got so much ennui. It's ennui beautiful, does beautiful not story. automatically transfer to being <laughs> gothic. And if either of you give me that pointed look right now, I will throw pillows at you. <laughs> Well, I just read some fanfic. I love that I didn't have to even a, say anything. You I did. just read fanfic that was a Velvet Goldmine <laughs> Only Lovers Left Alive crossover. What? Send and me this I link. I kind of loved it. Send me this link. Speaking of, though, we need to talk about the uh, woman in black because <laughs> you had a complaint about that one a couple of times, and we mm-hmm. need to off but Mike have a have, have a, a conversation brief. about it. And then, plus, okay. I have seen the uh, the television. I haven't seen that one yet. I brought it um, home to watch and twice. The, the ending is different. Well, yeah, the ending of the BBC one is the ending of the stage play and the actual novella. Yeah. But the but the movie does not have that ending. I think you take the ending of it. You take the ending of A Woman in Black differently than I do. Okay. Well, we so, will discuss this off mic off, so off as not mic. to ruin it for our listeners. Exactly. But it's the atmosphere and the set design and everything of the oh, movie is so god. gothic. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. The the taxidermy, there's a taxidermy of the three <laughs> monkeys, see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. That is my favorite taxidermy ever. And then I saw it in another film, I think the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. It shows up as a background prop. And I got so excited that I may have been kicked by my boyfriend. The the room in Woman in Black, the nursery, <laughs> the, the decayed, abandoned nursery, oh. where it's all the the... The toys clockwork and... toys, and that one where it's the giant paper mache cabbage with the creepy music box and the terrifying rabbit comes out of it. When the terrifying rabbit came out of it, I apparently squeaked with glee and clapped my hands, and my husband and my big brother, Jeff from Fanboy News Network, tur- they were sitting on either side of me, and both of them simultaneously <laughs> turned to me and said, no! And I'm like, but I want it. I want That's it. That's awesome, because there's a rabbit like that is one of the key props in the, in the uh, George Cukor film you can't take it with you it's about this guy who's where he one of the characters works at the bank but he has a secret passion for making toys and he's like look what i made at home and he winds it up and it's a cabbage that opens and a rabbit comes out and then goes back down so i like to imagine 
Is in my brain, with you is that the Shirley MacLaine? No, 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 no. Okay. It's uh, it's uh, John Barrymore. Okay. As the father of this goofy eccentric family, okay. you should watch it with your daughter. It's it's okay. a charming, fun comedy. By George Cukor. Creepy paper mache rabbits. We're here for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the creepy rabbit toy I was pretending was a tribute to a George Cukor film, even Device. though I know it's not. Um, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> just there's, how my brain works i'm very sorry two, listeners. two movies that kind of pair in my head um as people who go back to childhood um well no one doesn't okay so you have um oh poop you have the orphanage mm. um well it's, oh, it's just so sad it is and it's that great one movie. that wasn't directed by del toro right that one was no, produced by del toro mm-hmm. there's a couple of movies that came out that were produced by him yes. that um it, it, it was in it, it had a sense of del toro inspiration to mm-hmm. it yeah and i never liked it as much as i liked other things um but you know it's going back to that childhood mm-hmm. and she had wanted to start um a children's home or something there yeah. and then stuff yeah. just keeps going wrong and it's a it, terrible it's, horrible ending it, yeah it's a good movie um, but it's a horrible yes ending. Um, but there's another movie that is very I've heard mixed things from different people that have seen it, but I really liked it, and it's called Awakening. Um, and it's a woman who is a paranormal... Dis- uh, uh, it's set she- in the 1920s. And it's she- a lady who's a paranormal investigator who goes to... And, and she debunks, because okay. she doesn't really believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so, but... And it has this whole, like... There's a it, there's a lot going on in it. And I there's really kind of a murder it. mystery in it. Yep. There's a, there's a there's, weird haunted dollhouse. All right, I want to see that. You should haunted, watch it. You'll haunted watch dollhouse. It. I'm here. Yeah, it's, I will show it. I thought about do. showing it. It's but a I think quiet movie. It is. It's really quiet in it. I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, kind of in that same kind of vein too, just because it it's a it's a thing that gothics kind of return back to. Um, is uh, there was a 1996 movie uh, put out called uh, The Haunted. Oh. Uh, that had a very young Kate it? Beckinsale and yeah. Aiden Quinn yep. uh, in it. And uh, speaking of gothics being kind of, I think earlier you had mentioned, you know, in Southern Gothic, you see a little more incest. Yeah. <laughs> you see mm-hmm. a little more. <laughs> like, uh, oh God, and what else? What other movie were... Oh, it was Crimson Peak. <laughs> like, well, oh, so much yeah. for subtext. Yeah. <laughs> I, the people who saw the trailer for Crimson Peak and didn't twig immediately to what was going to be... We all what saw the plot what was, was coming down like, the pipeline on that one. Like, did none of you read Flowers in the yeah, Attic? They oh, know. Come no. on. They're, they're the brother <laughs> they and sister, and there's an yeah. attic they were shown. Come on. <laughs> mm-hmm. But also, I just realized that the actual novel of Flowers in the Attic is set in the South. Oh, how funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So sure. it's, it's a, Andrews likes the, yeah. likes the decaying South. Decaying South. Oh, I'm going to throw this out there. There is a podcast that I just found, and it's called Teen Creeps. I need to oh, listen they to were that. talking about that on the la- on the episode My of favorite My Favorite Murder that I just listened to. Which is why I discovered it. And uh, basically, it is these two women who um, are rereading. Um, they start out with all of the old Christopher Pike 
young adult horror novels. Um, but the very first one I listened to was them going through my sweet Audrina. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and holy again, I'm gonna moly. say we Easy. read all these books when As we like were twelve year olds. Yep. And there's a scene in my sweet Audrina where someone is looking out of the window and talking about what a great ass the guy's breaking the leaves is, and he's twelve. He is a twelve year old. Yep. No. So <laughs> just so, no, thank you. But. Teen Creeps is fantastic. They, you know, and they're they're approaching it from the eye of modern day. We, we're better now. We're yeah, better, um, we're trying to be better people now. I think it would be fun to do a trashy horror novels podcast about the what was that book that we both just read? Holy uh, um, paperbacks from hell. Oh yes, paperbacks where we from... read paperbacks from hell. And then talk about them. I think that would be a fun little, like, 20-minute podcast you, to you do. Would like I don't have to... enough time to read the stuff I want to read. Yeah. I think we're better about really super sketchy things like that getting published. Flowers in the Attic has not been out of publication. Oh, and know. it is still... A bestseller. Being, well, no, it's not just still a bestseller. It is still being aggressively marketed as young adult. The latest editions, because I saw them in, like, Barnes & Noble or something, but they're in the young adult section, and the covers are the the first three books. So, Flowers in the Attic, Petals in the Wind, and If There Be Thorns. Each cover is a different, angelic-looking, blonde teenager. Teenage boy, teenage girl, then the teenage boy and girl on the cover. So there is... You totally just looking well, at the covers are like, oh, it's a young adult romance. I was a young adult when I read those books, and it didn't kill me. I know, but but, but I have gone back, and I was like, I might reread those for nostalgia's sake. And then I read just the Wikipedia, becoming more and more horrified by go. each sentence. Oh, going, look at these no! delicious! Look at these delicious donuts with the powdered sugar that taste weirdly like almonds. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I I reread them all. A couple of years ago, and yeah. <laughs> so back to gothic movies, a modern one that I want to throw out that, again, this is one where I want your takes on whether or not it does fit enough of the gothic tropes. Sure. Let us pray. No. Likes the movie a lot, don't feel that it is gothic. Jen is looking off into space. And it I bet... do- okay, so it well, does no, I'm have... Going, a... I'm going through the list in my head. No. No. Moral decay... No. She's she's haunted by the doesn't, perils of the past. Doesn't, I don't know. Doesn't I'm have, being swung. I'm not being swung. It doesn't have a gothic vibe It wasn't to me. your number one movie of 2015. Creepy, <laughs> creepy really village elder it. with strange <laughs> secrets because, you know, he maybe killed off his family. I consider it more folk horror. It's closer to folk horror. Oh, stop high-fiving. Yeah. High-five! <laughs> If I could reproduce the, the scary Look, noise there. You won me over on the Lost Boys. I'm willing to admit Lost Boys has a lot of gothic elements in it, but you will never win me over on Let Us Pray. Do you want to hear my thesis about how Interview with a Vampire is straight up a gothic romance? Oh, it's straight up a gothic okay. romance. Just look at the sleeves. Look at the, look at the lacy cuffs. Louis is an ingenue. Louis is an ingenue. Yeah. He's the worst. He, well, hand-stable forehead. Worst vampire ever. Um, going a different direction, uh, the company of wolves. Oh, Aww. yeah. We all we're all just going to stare right into time. space, and, and we all saw it at the right yeah. time. I've never so worriedly watched a movie 
when I re what because I literally saw it as a fourteen year old. Uh huh. Me too. More goth than gothic. It can. I don't f- care. Yeah, I don't care either. We're calling it a gothic film because we like it. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> fill all the gothic tropes and the ingenue plot older line. family member who's not telling all the secrets, possible moral or sexual decay, <laughs> being tempted. I don't find that decay. I find that a possible sexual awakening. Well, that too. But for for those of us who oh, are printed so heavily on gothic novels awakening. and gothic movies. Okay. The toss-up between what other people will call sexual and moral decay, and when we're like, no, that's awesome, let's. There's a, there's <laughs> you're a, right. The Venn diagram <laughs> is a you, circle there. You're right. We are not exactly fit to judge. No, we're not. <laughs> Your kinks are okay. That's yes. what you think. <laughs> <laughs> um, unless people have got, like, something that is just really jumping out at them, I am, I am tired Oh, you poor tired thing! I, and we still have and... gotten to. We still have to get in an argument about the wound in black off mic. Yes, and I definitely want to touch that. Um, the other one that I want to talk about is one that is coming out this year. The Lodgers. The Lodgers. Oh, has that gotten a release date not, yet? It's. it's not it, yet. It's. It, being, I, it's I'm in starting limbo. to see. Yeah, I'm starting to see more stuff uh, talking about it though. So. Okay. Well, I know it hit the festival circuit last year. Yeah. Right. So. And. It, Again, that's another but one where the trailer is like, yes, like, this is everything I want. Yeah. But unfortunately, the festival circuit is because mm, um, all the boys love Mandy Lane. Oh, I kind of like that one. That hit the festival circuit like three years before it actually got released. Right. So. So unfortunately, there, I mean, and the thing is, it's like you see Before I Wake being released on Netflix now on the 6th. Mm-hmm. And that was in distribution hell. Right. So, I mean, there are things that, like, it's they're getting, the, so stuff gets caught up. The it, landscape is changing so much. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that, there's no more Miramax. And yeah, as much as I despise the horrible things that that were being done there, mm-hmm. they distributed. They... That is a huge gaping hole yeah. in independent film right now. And yeah. someone sensible needs to come along yeah. and maybe not be a rapist. I don't yeah, know. That seems good. that that would be nice. Yeah. And uh, give us more good films without being rapists. Yeah. And not everyone wants to, or has the ability to do basically self publish video on demand. Yeah. yeah, because that's still a bunch of hoops to jump through. Yeah. Oh, good lord! Yeah, and you know they're you're really I mean they're losing money. It's just uh. yeah. I mean you can get your movie made and get it sold to Netflix, and they're mm-hmm. never going to tell you how many yeah. plays it gets. You're never going to get. You're not going to get yeah. any sort of yeah of metrics or yeah. Mm-hmm. no no. So. Um, yeah, but the the cinematic landscape is changing so much that. It used to be, you, if you're a distributor, you go to a festival, you see a bunch of films, you buy the ones you like, and then you distribute them. Yes. And now there's the distribution change has, stream has changed so much because yeah. of streaming yeah. that sometimes films are just going to fall through the cracks. Yeah. 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 And it's really sad, but it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So um, one thing I am going to say for, for 2018 is... Um, thank God 2017's over. We are proud survivors of 2016 and 2017. <laughs> Both of those years were less than stellar. Yeah, That is one way of putting it. <laughs> um, so I'm hoping for us to get on a 
every two week schedule. Um, the one thing I am going to say is we are going to have some bearings from straight horror. Um, I We have a, a plan in the future of doing a noir podcast, but I'm also... Um, horror is my bag. It's what I right. really enjoy. It is what we, it is what, it is our home base. But at the same time, we've, there's been a lot of episodes of this podcast and we don't want to recover things that we've talked about before. Yep. And, and cinema is fun. And, yeah. and there are a lot of topics to cover. If a episode comes up and it's not your bag and not what you want to listen to, there's always going to be a next one. So, yeah. um, Happy New Year's, everyone, and... Uh, May 2018 be better to all of us than the previous two years. <laughs> yes. All right. Amen. Have a good night. Bye. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast.com, on Tumblr or at facebook.com slash don't read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and themes about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>